Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Chef Pod, the podcast where we talk about the nanny. I am Shanti Pasquale here with Toria Sheffield. And actually, the podcast is called Oh, Mr. Sheffield. What did I say? Oh, Mr. Chef Pod? You, you called it Oh, Mr. Chef Pod. Now, that's what our uh, social handle is. I'm just that's trying true. to do it all that's at once. True. Uh, yeah, the podcast is called Oh, Mr. Sheffield. The social media is Oh, Mr. Chef Pod. Let's get it out of the way now. We are here. We are, I'm five cups of coffees in. Uh, it is season two, episode 18, The Nanny Behind the Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, incendiary title. Um, <laughs> uh, this this episode was directed by our old pal, Lee Shalal Shalmel. Um, I guess after Randy got in the boot. They were like, Randy, you're the weakest link. <laughs> and they sent him home. And then this episode was, the, the story is by Rob Lauderstein and Ellen Idle. Uh, Idelson, and then it was written by Jerry Perzigian. And for some more context, fresh blood, more, more fresh blood. blood. Rob Lauderstein is a, a writer. He's primarily probably known for no show that I remember or have heard about. <laughs> um, and then Ellen, uh, she worked she it looks like they're writing partners because all of his credits she's also credited on for the most part um so i think they probably worked together a lot and then jerry who wrote the actual episode this guy man this guy was he did the jeffersons he did 48 episodes of the golden girls as a supervising producer he did uh, 34 episodes of Hope and Gloria, which was a show that I truly enjoyed as a kid for some weird reason, even though it was definitely not geared towards my age range at the time. <laughs> well, so that's really interesting to hear because I actually – I did not love this episode. And it was it was no discredit Same. to the episode. It's just – it had some very sitcom trope things happening that I just don't like and that always irritate me and some sort yeah. of internal sitcom logic where yeah. like, you know, p- certain characters are getting mad at certain other characters for things where I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. That yes. it just feels like you are like creating conflict because you need conflict, but not because it actually logically tracks. I it- completely agree. This was yeah. such a weird episode. The pacing was weird. But like it, some of the writing it, was weird. A like, lot of you know what <laughs> this it, it was very classically sitcom in the things that bothered me. I think that yeah. you know, and I don't think we do that as much anymore because we we need a little more like grounded in reality logic, even in our sitcoms these days. It was just a very silly episode, but I'm always happy to have more Grandma Yetta. So oh, yeah. it wasn't a complete loss. Well, so um, and so this is the episode. 
where Mr. Sheffield tries to woo a very, very elite playwright. Dakota Williams. From, yes, yes. Away from Andrew Lloyd Webber and Fran. Um, Which ass- Dakota him. Williams is clearly a Tennessee Williams reference. Like thinliest of thinliest veiled well, Tennessee no, Williams. No, no. But I, you know what? I thought I was thinking that, but Tennessee Williams is like famously a gay man. And this man is a womanizer true but i still think the name was like a nod of tennessee i mean dakota I, williams I think, he's an amalg- I think he's an amalgamation of of tennessee a williams and william shakespeare hmm? <laughs> <laughs> no i thought I, I was also trying to think like okay who, who is he modeled after i think he's amalgamation of a certain type of american author and playwright who were these you know incredible wordsmiths but also very kind of um uh masculine and mm-hmm. uh you know drinkers and got into I bar fights right. and doesn't yeah. really exist anymore except for people who just uh, put on the affect of wanting to i to think you're like totally this. right um but there i'll say this there was a um i had an audible gasp moment in this episode at one specific joke um but i'm not going to reveal it yet okay Ooh, <laughs> it was so it, it was so i was so disgusted <laughs> but i uh, will get there um <laughs> There were a lot of things that made me laugh in the second half. Of this a lot of Yetta stuff really yes, got me yes. good. Well, yeah. Um, and so we, we, I say, I, I wrote, "Wow, we start with some deep cuts to President Clinton this episode, well, um, which pays off later." None of that has anything to do really with this episode at all, because this episode is really just about you know Fran and Mister Sheffield trying to impress this writer who they want to poach again. Weirdly. They are trying to poach him from Andrew Lloyd Webber. The show's like, like really setting up a rivalry between Mr. Sheffield and Andrew Lloyd Webber, but like oh, more so or than they even would done. imply that Mr. Sheffield is in the same league as Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's more that he's constantly bested and infuriated by yes, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, um, yes, um, yes. But but we said so, he's vying yeah. for the rights to the same play as Andrew Lloyd Webber, written by a famous fictional playwright named Dakota Williams. Um, and Cece's like, just give up now. You're you're not going to get it. You never get it when Andrew Lloyd Webber's in the mix. And Fran's like, no, no, no. Like, you should fight for what you want. And I'm going to help you. And that's the crux of, of what happens. Yeah. We learn pretty early on that, well, first Fran says, what does Andrew Lloyd Webber have that you don't other than a middle name? Which, for the first time in our experience, at least with this show and IMDb, and IMDb error uh, actually pointed out a correct goof, which is that wait, that's in my trivia, but it's okay. We can go over it. Oh, it now. is. We can go over it now, but um, we we'll go over it now and, and we'll just harken back to it later. Well, so she says Andrew Lloyd Webber has a middle name meaning Lloyd, but that's actually mm-hmm. not his middle name. He he's Lloyd Webber is his last name. His name is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, but then we learn that Mr. Sheffield's middle name is Beverly. it's just so funny why is it so funny (laughs) it's so good maxwell beverly Beverly sheffield really got a chuckle out of me um (laughs) me too it did Um, it's so stupid but it did um um, so 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 he's basically stressed that that this this mr williams is going to show up and there's no one you know he really wants to impress him and he's like this southern drinking guy and yeah like a Hemingway who you know has lived a raw life and and is gonna want you know he's not gonna want some tame boring dinner party so Fran's like I'm gonna set him up with a friend 
Like I know the perfect person to set this guy mm-hmm. up with. And I know like she's a drinker. She's crude. She's lived a life. Like, you know, we don't want to set him up with some like, you know, lame vanilla model type. And also quick B plot is that, um, which is not really a B plot. It's more like a C plot, but we don't really have a B plot. Maggie says that a geek at school named Clifford offered to help her with her PSATs, but she quote, can't be seen with him. And I wrote, in parentheses, is Maggie secretly a worse person than Brighton? <laughs> because we've at least seen some fun redeeming qualities about Brighton, and I at least probably like enjoy his company because he's pretty funny. Maggie likes boys and then is horrible. <laughs> right, those um, are her two so personality boring. traits. Yeah, she'd be so boring. But um, Fran, I love this though because Fran tells her she should definitely accept the offer because she goes, "Here's the trajectory: pocket protector." software genius compounded <laughs> malibu <laughs> which just reminded me my, my mom always goes geeks make the best husbands yeah she's she's always warning you not to be wooed in by a, a quote cool guy it's true it's true listen we're great us geeks well, funny then line. we get some very weird dialogue where they say the phrase take a powder multiple times like Mr. Sheffield or Cece goes, Oh, Nanny, fine, take a powder. And then, and then Fran gets all worked up about something. And Mr. Sheffield goes, Miss Fine, take a powder. Um, do you know this phrase, take a powder? I, I was thinking, like, um, you know, like a smelling salt kind of thing to calm down. No, it's so weird. So it literally just means like, like leave. It means like, oh. take a powder. It means like, like get out of here, quick departure. Uh, you know, a, a quick departure, and especially to avoid a difficult situation. Oh um, yeah, I'm actually looking. I'm looking up right now. It says, "Take a powder comes from the 1929 from, from 1929 and refers to taking a headache powder. The compressed pill form of an aspirin came later. The idiom developed from suggesting that a person take quote take a powder and go lie down. It mm-hmm. morphed into take a powder and go away and just go away. Crazy. Anyway, wow. it just stuck out to me as like. A very weird line for these characters. Yes. Okay. I dated. I I, now that you're pointing it out to me, I totally agree. I kind of blew past it, thinking it was like you know just something that was a blind spot for me. But knowing this, yeah, very weird. It's so weird. Then the playwright shows up. Then the playwright shows up. It's It's George Murdoch. George Murdoch was a very well-known character actor. He just like he's mostly known for playing judges. He played a lot of judges on like a lot of. Like he played a judge on Judging Amy. He played a judge on That's Life. He played a judge on Law and Order. He, <laughs> um, I vaguely recognized his voice, but couldn't place him. Even looking at his IMDb credits, I was like, I don't know where I know this guy from. So then we get the reveal. Obviously, the woman that Fran has decided to set him up with is Grandma Yetta. <laughs> <laughs> and Grandma Yetta comes in and goes, "Sorry, I'm late. I had to dig out a, a brazier that that uh, tied in the front." It's, it's, it looks like it's going to be a complete mess. Um, but then, (laughs) but then he takes a real liking to Yetta. They like bond over being old. It seems like Like they're they're, they're, they're like big, you know, yeah, they're, they're drinkers and they're gross. And they are literally comparing, comparing their disgusting moles with each other. They, they hit it off. And so Fran, of course, is like, Hey, look, see, I, I told you I could do this. And, you know, Mr. Sheffield's excited and he starts calling Fran his right, his right arm. And then we get the reveal at breakfast that we're at the breakfast table that, you know, while 
it seems like this is a home run. You know, Mr. Williams hasn't actually finished a play in a really long time. And and Yetta has learned that he has writer's block. Yes. Well, and just for some context, um, so it's like when Yetta shows up, he, sh- she and he hit it off and then they go off to dinner. We don't see the dinner, but we do cut to breakfast the next day where, you know, it's revealed through like – um. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Exposition that it was a greatly successful evening, and um, actually, this was the this was the line that I I audibly gasped at where Yetta comes in and starts eating breakfast, and she's like, "Oh, it was so great. He was so wonderful." And then Fran goes, "You didn't go under the table and quote look for something that you dropped, did you, Yetta? <laughs> you know, insinuating that like you didn't go do any like anything gross with him during dinner." And then Yetta goes. Just once. I just wanted to see I still had it. And Mr. <laughs> Sheffield goes, that was you? <laughs> That's when I gasped. Like, because first of all, just so shocking. Does that mean like, you know, Yetta has like fondled Mr. Sheffield's junk? And yes. then I was like, well, he wasn't, as far as we know, he wasn't there with a date. So who did he think was fondling? <laughs> I just. <laughs> but um yes but and then that is through through all of this conversation that's when yet is like you know she reveals she doesn't even know she's revealing it she just happens to mention that you know he has writer's block and um mr sheffield had purchased the play with only the first act finished assuming a second act would come so all of this you know resounding successful planning was actually to buy a play that will never get finished and did you, and then Mr. Sheffield's furious at Fran, which, <laughs> which like, wait, this is when I started to get annoyed because this this is a recurring theme in this episode where Fran helps him get specifically what he wants, and then he finds out that there's a reason that he actually shouldn't want it, and then he's mad at Fran, and she's never like, "Yo, dude, you didn't know that he had writer's block. I didn't know he had writer's block. Why? Are you like, like, and and again, it happens in the reverse later. I just was actually yeah. very annoyed on Fran's behalf yeah. and annoyed that nobody called out this, you know, obvious logic. They they needed conflict, and so they manufactured conflict. But, but then they, we get any- so many funny Yetta lines in a row. Where she <laughs> first they have they say they say something about like you know I forget what the setup was, but it was basically something about like you know, someone like old person with dementia and Yetta goes, all right, well, I'm going to head out into the gift shop. And she just yeah. <laughs> leaves the no. dining room. She, goes, the she goes, she goes, you know, thank you for introducing me to him. Most guys my age are senile. Right. All right. I'll be in the gift shop. <laughs> she walks out into the living room. Cause it's also established earlier that whenever she stays over at the Sheffield, she thinks she's at a hotel or a yes. resort. It's so good. And then they pay it off because then when they cross into the living room later, she's literally just holding one of the like items from their, from their counter. And she's like, I hate when they don't put price tags on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. And you know, um, meanwhile, um, you know, Mr. Sheffield's really upset at Fran because she helped him acquire a play that uh, ultimately is going to be a disaster. And she and she's like, well, wait a second. She's like, you know, he decided to work with you because of Yetta. So, like, logically, you know, if, if Yetta breaks up with him, he might back out of the deal. And so they go off into the living room and they follow Yetta. And at first, Mr. Sheffield's like, wait, no, I can't do this. I, You know, I can't have her you know, break up with someone who she might actually have a shot at love with, you know, just so I get um, out of this business deal. And yet is like, wait, this was all just business. 
I was just used as a tawdry sex toy. <laughs> Why does this always happen to me? <laughs> but, but then she goes, then she goes, hmm, I'll make you a deal. And she goes, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And she goes to Fran, let me talk to your husband in private. And she's always <laughs> under the impression that Fran is married to Mr. Sheffield. And Which she is just a says, line. <laughs> I know. And she goes, she takes him aside and she goes, I'll give up Dakota if you if you quit fooling around with that blonde. <laughs> so clearly she thinks that um, not only is Fran married to Mr. Sheffield, but that he's having a uh, affair with Cece. And I was like, you know what? That's actually very selfless of of. Uh, Yada, if that is in yeah. fact what she believes is happening. It's funny. It's funny line. <laughs> yeah. She also says earlier in that scene, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I get it. Business is important. I'm an, I myself am an entrepreneur. <laughs> an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, it, you know, she says, she basically agrees. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll break up with him. I, if it, it's a business thing, I get it. Um, and then we have a quick scene um, with Maggie again. And Maggie looks super depressed. Um, and she basically tells Fran, they're sitting in the living room. And she tells Fran that um, this quote nerd who's been, you know, had the audacity to help her with her PSATs, um, actually asked her on a date and she doesn't know what she's going to do. And she's basically like, I mean, my, she's like, you know, my friend, I forget the girl's name, like my friend Kelly, she's dating like the quarterback of the football team and he is so hot. Like I can't be seen with this geek. And then Fran goes, honey, let me tell you the, prog- the progression. Football, hold groin, <laughs> your gut. Can I check your oil, please? <laughs> so, which is just, it is so, it is so true. It's so honest. So, uh, but basically saying like, hey, no, 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 go for that geek because that hot guy is going nowhere. And so that's just, you know, a little, little end to that little uh, side plot. But so then. By we, the way, the next- Fran's outfit in that scene was insane. She's wearing like a skirt and like a top and the skirt and the top are neon green orange pink and yellow yeah (laughs) it's every brightest neon color you've ever seen um it was it was garish frankly (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i love how you're either so you know what no i i think i've i think i've realized the pattern after you know 45 episodes you are not a uh, you are not a fan of Fran's fashion in general unless she's showing a lot of skin. <laughs> <laughs> like like you really you really prefer a more a more conservative um uh sensibility like in terms of like color palette and hair. But the times when she is in like a mini dress, you're like Fran look great. No, you should she look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, so then Miss. We we cut to Mr. Sheffield, who's very pleased because it turns out that, you know, Yetta did, in fact, break up with uh, the writer and the writer did then break out of the deal. So, you know, he thinks, uh, you know, crisis averted. Thank you, Miss Fine. Like, you are my right hand man, indeed. Um, 
at which point Cece comes running in and she actually goes, I'm coming in and I have terrible news. And uh, <laughs> Niles goes, isn't that redundant? <laughs> um, but so she reveals that, you know, in the trades that day, it shows that Andrew Lloyd Webber bought the play, um, but Dakota had finished it in a single night yes. inspired by quote, a recent heartbreak. And it says that um, it's that it was like, you know, uh, Williams had departed from his usual heroines this time his lead character being a um a down-to-earth earthy Hebrew what what was it Hebrass <laughs> it was a funny <laughs> word for a, Hebrass <laughs> um named Zeta yeah um so actually the you know Yetta breaking his heart cured his writer's block resulting in him finishing the play that Andrew Lloyd Webber bought and then again mr javelin is furious with fran and i'm like all she has done is get you exactly what you have requested every step of the way um very infuriating to me yeah have- yeah i mean again it was like out of her control <laughs> <laughs> then we have one of the strangest strangest cameos oh man i this so, this was so bizarre to me i so, <laughs> so so we so then you know we just either nothing really gets resolved it's just oh ha 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 mr sheffield's annoyed at fran and then she heads into the you know they were in the kitchen now she heads into the living room and niles announces that mr clinton is that it has arrived and so fran thinks it's going to be bill clinton and she turns around and it's Roger Clinton, who no, nobody would know today. Absolutely nobody would know today. But he was, he was, you know, Bill Clinton's younger brother. They're yeah. half brothers, significantly yeah. younger. He was kind of, you know, he was kind of in the mix in the way that like you'd often know who's in the first family um, because there's sometimes that, you know, um, rallies. And- he was like the dopey younger half brother of the president who was like a failed actor that's what he was known as yes like and he, he was, yeah, and who never amounted to really anything no no <laughs> um and in fact i was like why did he agree to to, to be on this show because the next several lines are really just digs at him like at one point gracie should, gracie's like the president's here the president's here and then she goes Oh, and then, and then Fran's like, Gracie, honey, don't be rude and go get your camera. And she's like, but why would I want a picture of? And Fran's like, go ahead, get it. I mean, let <laughs> like me, let me just, just, let me give you some context on this. So he was codenamed headache by the secret service mm-hmm. <laughs> due to his controversial behavior. <laughs> okay. And he, in 2001, he accepted – it was revealed that he had accepted a $50,000 Rolex watch from the children of a Sicilian mobster. <laughs> yes, in order to try to uh, curry favor with his – And get him pardoned. pardoned. Yeah, it was the Gambino crime family. Like, it, he just was like a joke. Then he got arrested for driving under the influence. Like, he he was just like the problem child of that family whose brother then became president. And so he was like – you know, hey, uh, have me on your TV show. You know, I mean, from 93 to 2000, he showed up in this show. He showed up in the Rugrats movie. He showed up. <laughs> and and there's kind of, you know, you get, the, you get the impression that like he's never had consistent work and that 
Bill Clinton just kind of takes care of him. Yeah. Like financially. Like yeah. that, that, that's what I would guess. Yeah. Um, and um, he basically says that uh, he got the letter that Gracie wrote to his – or that his brother got the letter that Gracie wrote and that he was so touched by it that he thought, you know, he would – that while he couldldn't make a visit, he would send his brother out instead. This also I, – I, this also killed me because it's so pathetic sounding where he's like – his brother, it really just makes it sound like Bill Clinton was like, uh, why don't you get out of here and go visit these random people in New York? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or like giving him a task to make him feel good. And they didn't even – and what makes it even more weird is that like no one called ahead clearly. So it just seems like Roger Clinton just showed up at their it house. Just so, it was so pathetic. The it whole was thing was so pathetic. Sad. It was um, and then Mr. Sheffield is there and he's like, ah, he's like, ah, Roger Clinton. He goes, you know, Nanny Fine is a huge fan of your family. You should really ask for her assistance yeah. in 96. I think she could really make a difference in the campaign. And, you know, Roger Clinton's like, well, I'll tell my brother. And then uh, he leaves. And then Fran goes, oh, Mr. Sheffield, that was so nice of you. Uh, you know, like, did you really mean what you said about me? And he's like, I did. And then she's like, and I thought you were a Republican. He's like, I am. So the joke being that, like, I want you to assist the Clintons yeah. and help them lose because you actually are, you know, completely. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Um, segments, because that's the episode. Bringing, uh, it, bringing it out with Roger Clinton. Segments. Let's do it. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. What mm-hmm. have you got? Um, we, got a, we got a good Yiddish this episode. We did. I, I realized, you know, even though I said that I didn't love the plot of this episode or, or like uh, the logic within, I have a lot of lines called out. Um, yeah, it was. A, it, there were some good quips. So when Yetta is bonding with uh, the playwright, she goes, they, 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 walk, they walk in on them talking mid-conversation. She's going, for 30 years, I thought it was a beauty mark. Then I wake up one morning and it's the size of Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that we find out Mr. Sheffield's middle name is Beverly. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> when, when, so Mr. Sheffield initially thinks that this Yetta thing is is going to be a disaster. So he's like, you know, hauled Fran into the other room and he's yelling at her. And um, Fran's like, well, well, he was smiling when he met her. And Mr. Shelby goes, well, he's drunk. And then um, she's like, well, Yetta's on tons of painkillers. Maybe neither of them will realize they're together. <laughs> Which, that's just, something about it like, really made me laugh as, as like a potential hopeful solution to the problem. <laughs> Um, and then when Mr. Sheffield's like, he's like, Miss Fine, like, why do you do this to me? Like, don't I treat you well? Didn't I give you a job when you needed one? Get you all the slim fast bars you could eat. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, that made me laugh. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I already mentioned a couple that I liked from Yetta. Um, it was so dumb, but I really liked, I really liked CC going, say la vie and friend going, la vie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, you mentioned the the CC saying, I, "I'm coming in and I have terrible news." And Niles going, "Isn't that redundant?" Uh huh. Uh-huh. There's also a very funny little beat where uh, after Yetta has charmed the playwright, and then the playwright goes in the other room. Yetta turns to CC and she goes, 
it's all in the body language. Watch the walk. And then she starts to walk into the other room, sort of hunched over, unsteady, <laughs> the least sexy thing you've ever seen. And Cece then authentically tries to mimic it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was, I think it was a beat that did not get enough time to breathe. I agree. It was very funny. It, it just it further reinforces how pathetic Cece's life is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those were some of my big highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so now the Yiddish word. It was. So I think we probably got the same one. Unger Bluesin Punam. Yes. Unger Bluesin Punam. Yeah. Unger Bluesin Punam, which Unger which, Bluesin is like, um, she says it in the episode. It's like a sourpuss. Yes. And it's like a long face or a sad face. Um, yeah. Sort of like why, Punam, why, is, why, Punam is face. Yes, which you can, we've, you might remember from a previous episode where she yeah. called the little baby a Shane upon him, which yes. is like a little cute face. Yes. Um, but she, you know, she basically sees uh, Maggie looking kind of bummed out. She's like, why the Uncle Blues and Punham? Or like, what's with the Uncle Blues and Punham? Yeah. Um, which is a great one. Great one. Um, and as I said, we, we already, uh, we covered the nanny trivia, which was was a goof, which I thought actually merited a call out. And as you said, Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, Lloyd Webber is his family name. It's, <laughs> Lloyd is not his middle name. And at one point, they even call him Andrew Webber, uh, which yes. you know, they got it wrong a couple of times, which which is only surprising in that, like, yes, they are they are a, a very savvy writing staff when it comes to mu- uh, musical theater. And it just kind of seems like something they would actually have known. It's one of, one right? of the few goofs that I actually am like, uh, yeah, no, it, it does seem like in the world of the show that, that they, they should have known. known this. Yeah. I mean, I get Fran not knowing it, but you would think that the other two would know it. You know? Yeah. And um, then in terms of the brand of the CC, I wrote, you know, can't decide for this one because I don't think they're really pitted against each other. But then I wrote, Sean, what's your middle name? John. I'm curious. What is it? John. No. Like Sean John, like Puff Daddy? Your, na- your name is Sean John? Yeah. Like, like P. Diddy. Like P. Diddy's clothing line. Yeah, it is. Sean John. Sean John. Yeah. Sean John. Sean John John Di Pasquale. Wow. I never knew. Yep. Hey, but you know, you know what though? We have, um, we have similar middle names. Mine's Jane. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Um, Victoria Jane. Victoria Jane. Victoria Jane. No, you're Uh almost like Victoria Justice. I, I secretly am. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> Does anyone call you Victoria? Um, sometimes people do. Usually, it's people that don't know me that well. Um, or some like if I'm, you know, if I'm gonna like put my name down at a restaurant, I just go straight to Victoria because it's just faster. People right. usually have to like clarify Victoria. Right. What about Vicky? Never. Hmm. Never. <laughs> wow. Very English. Um, oh, yeah, well, and that's, that's that was the that was this episode. I am very excited for the next couple episodes, uh, too, including my my much 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 anticipated lamb chop episode, which is in uh, two weeks from now. The lamb chop episode. Very excited for lamb chop. I love that little puppet. Um, if you like the show, please go to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars. That's the only acceptable amount of stars to leave. Tell people how much you like the show. That helps other people find it. You can also find us on social media at oh Mr. Chef Pod, as we've previously mentioned. Two Fs in Chef, by the way. And I just wanted to say that I'm very excited. We are almost done with this season. 
which is crazy that we've gotten through almost two seasons of the show so far. I'm excited to go into season three. And yeah, that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. We did it. We All right. done it. That was a podcast, everybody. Have a good yep. week and we'll see you in seven days. Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. The Flashing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Anyway, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>